Good morning, Community Bible Church. We're glad that you can join us for this special online Christmas service. With a quick reminder that for New Year's, we'll be following the same online-only format. But for today, we're glad that you can join us and share in this celebration and worship of Christ the newborn King. We are mindful that this time of year can serve as a pivot point, either looking back in reflection of the year past or ahead in anticipation of the year to come. But today we simply ask that you would pause and enjoy the presence of Christ himself just as the shepherds and the wise men did over 2,000 years ago in a very humble stable. We trust that the service will bless you as we gather to celebrate Christ, the newborn King.
And now we'd just like to take a moment to thank you for your very generous support of Community Bible Church's varied and numerous ministries throughout the world. As we just heard in the song that was sung, Joy to the World in Cantonese, with Chase Amandrud and his team members in Hong Kong with Youth with a Mission, we're reminded of the need to pray for our missionaries, and so we ask that you pray for Chase and his colleagues. But we also want to, to be mindful of the many different ministries that we support locally, regionally, and throughout the world. Through our missions, we want to always be mindful that our purpose is to make the love of God known and that his kingdom would be glorified throughout the world. So we want to thank you again for your support for this past year in anticipation of support for the year to come. Thank you. I'm sure I'm not the first one today to wish you a Merry Christmas, but I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope your day is going well. I know most of you are probably watching this some, sometime Christmas Day as a Sunday. And um, I hope it's a day that uh, is everything you need for it to be and want for it to be. And you're having a lot of fun and laughing and being grateful for the many blessings that we have in our life. I just have a brief message. I know we don't have church today, but I, I wanted to just share something with you that I hope sort of in a way influences maybe the year ahead for you. Um, it's about news. We get good news all the time. We get bad news all the time. Well, let's be honest, we may get more bad news than good news, it depends. But we get a lot of news. We're inundated with a lot of things. There's a lot of good news, bad news jokes out there. I got one I'll share with you. There was a woman newly married whose husband took up skydiving. Of all hobbies, he took up skydiving. She was a nervous wreck, so he's about to have his first solo jump. So she goes to the airport, anxious as she can be, her heart's coming out of her chest. And there's a delay and he's not back and they're wondering what's happening, what's going on. And uh, she's getting really, really worried. And uh, she sees the pilot of the plane coming through this small little airport. She rushes up to him and says, is everything okay? Uh, how's my husband? What, what's going on? Please tell me. And he says, well, I gotta be honest with you. He says, I got some bad news. He says, I got some good news. I got some more bad news. And then he says, I got some more good news. She goes, oh my goodness, just give it to me. What is going on? He says, well, I have some bad news. Your husband, he, I don't know how to say this, he fell out of the plane. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. She goes, what's the bad news? No, no that's the bad news. What's the good news? He says, well, he had his parachute on, so that was good. But what's the more bad news? He says, well, the... The truth of the matter is that the chute didn't open before he hit the ground. She goes, oh my gosh. So what could possibly be more good news? And he says, well, this all happened before we ever left the runway. So <laughs> no one's here laughing with me. I'm laughing. I'm hoping you are too. You know, sometimes we get all this news coming at us, good, bad, indifferent. We're trying to process it all and trying to figure out how much of this news are we going to allow to influence us? How much of this news is going to make a difference in the way we think, feel, act, or enjoy life? And it's a fair question. But there was some good news, some really good news. You find it in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And, it, and we call it tidings in the New King James. There's good tidings. I like that. There's a word we need to use maybe more often. News has a negative connotation, but good tidings. I didn't say roll tide. I said good tidings. Good tidings 
are, are something that we can be pr uh, really looking forward to and find to be very precious, okay? It goes like this. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I guess so. That is, wow. Does that happen every day? I don't know. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings. I got good news. These are broadcasters of beauty, these angels. I got good news, good tidings of great joy. Not joy, great joy, which will be to all the people. It's for everybody. All right, let's think about that for a minute. And how might this simple two verses begin to maybe further influence not only the year end of 2022, but perhaps the next year, 2023, for both you and your family. Good tidings. Well, notice this. The angel said to them, I don't know how aware you are of this. Probably not much. I don't know how much you think about this. I would say probably not much. You might get a glimpse of this on a TV show or some reference to it as somebody sitting in the hospital or having a near-death experience or something. But if you reverence God, what do I mean? If you respect God, if you know he's God, if you worship God, if you have a healthy fear of the Lord, then guess what? Angels encamp around you. Isn't that something? Hebrews 13.2 says we actually entertain angels unaware. Wow, that could mean a couple of things. They're around us, we're not aware, or it could mean we actually interact with them and not aware that they're angels. This is interesting. Said another way, angels, which are primarily messengers, are used by God to protect us, to convey the heart of God to us at times, as they did Mary. So, hey, good tidings, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you ask for it or not, is irrelevant. Angels encamp around those who fear him, and he delivers them, and they deliver him. There's a deliverance thing going on there. There's a, an angel has your well-being in mind as an agent of God, as a messenger of God. There's things that God wishes to bring to pass, and he sends uh, created beings to do that. Angels. Isn't that something? And these, these angels... Uh, ministered to these, this little teenage girl named Mary and Joseph. They were afraid. It says, then, do not be afraid. That's the first thing they noticed. Well, these people are afraid, right? These people are quaking in their boots. These people are about as close to homeless as you can get. These people are giving birth to the Savior. They're confused. They have no idea how this all came to pass. They can't give a rational explanation of how this all happened. They're the only ones in the world that know this are going on, save the angels and God himself. And he's, the first thing he says, don't be afraid. All right, well, that's what I'm gonna to say to you this Christmas. Do not be afraid, okay? What can actually happen to you that should really cause you great fear? Really, your death? No. I mean, death was what most people are afraid of. They're afraid of the even thought of death, how many years they have left, what they've done with their life, what's gonna happen when they die. Most people are totally uncertain of what death, beyond death has. What does it mean? Is there a heaven? Or is it? You don't have to worry about that, okay? You don't have to be afraid. 
And then he said, for behold. In other words, take note. I'm going to tell you how not to be afraid. Take note. Take an inventory. Really think about this. Ponder this in your heart, is what they're saying. That uh, we got some good news for you. We got some really good news for you. What's the good news? The news is going to bring great joy. I think joy is under assault in our culture. I think there's an agenda out there in our culture of the darkness. The prince of the power of the air has an agenda. What's his agenda? His agenda is um, as an instrument of the influence of the culture, his agenda is to divide. Okay? He, his job is to divide. What does that mean? He wants to divide people, divide groups of people, defy, d- divide citizenry, defy, divide uh, marriages, divide families, break them up. He actually not only wants to divide and create space between us, he wants to divide our thoughts so that we are double-minded, so that within our own minds, we are in conflict, truth and conflict with deception. Division is a massive agenda, okay? So the, most of the news that we get, we have to choose. What are we gonna do with this? Am I going to allow this news, bad tidings, to divide my even thought life so that within me is a conflict that's never gonna get resolved properly, all right? That division is supposed to lead to despondency. What is that? This sort of sense of general hopelessness, like this is going this direction, it's gonna continue to go in this direction, I can't do much about it. You get caught up really in draft behind it. You get sucked into it, and before you know it, you're thinking like everybody else thinks, feeling like everybody else feels, and you have about as many solutions as everyone else has because the division has caused a despondency, and that despondency even is starting to seep in between you and God. Okay? The agenda also has to do with discouragement. What does that mean? Well, discouragement is what? The absence of courage. Fear. The very thing the angels said be aware of. Fear. This discouragement isn't really that hard to bring about. All you need is a a bunch of bad tidings, a bunch of bad news. Do it on a consistent basis and keep feeding yourself Keep feeding yourself with what's wrong. Keep meditating and pondering, beholding what's wrong. Make it a consistent message. You'll begin to hate others, disagree with others, blame others. We'll start to annihilate one another, and we're afraid. So the division, the despondency... And then, of course, the discouragement. But these angels, man, they got it together. They go, no, 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 we got some good news, okay? Good news. If I could say anything to you about next year, it, was enter, it would be this. Enter next year with the idea, the reality, that you are going to make choices that control the amount of bad tidings you get in your life. Bad tidings that you allow into your life. That thing that's affixed to the end of your hand that goes everywhere with you, even at dinner, the thing that you look into for all the information, the bad tidings that exist in the world, 
And they conveniently update you with the bad tidings when they happen in real time and space. That thing, make a decision how much of the bad tidings you're gonna allow yourself to ponder, to behold, and to meditate on that leads you to a place of divisiveness, despondency, and discouragement. You get to choose. What will you choose? Joshua 24 and 15 says, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Think about, if you're watching this on Christmas Day, think about it. You probably haven't had the news on. You probably haven't considered much more than what's right there in front of you in your present moment. You're living in the present. You're enjoying your loved ones. You're enjoying your family. You're enjoying the sounds of laughter, giddiness, giggles, silliness. You're feasting. You're enjoying the celebration, the tradition, the nostalgia, the things that go along with many, many, I hope, good experiences over many years. Your children are experiencing the very same thing as are your grandchildren. Look, there are no good tidings better than Christ, and on Christmas Day of all days, there is the absence, I would hope, of bad tidings. Could we have more Christmas days next year? That's all I'm saying. Could we have more days where we have insulated ourselves and protected ourselves from bad tidings that elicit fear, discouragement, despondency, and division, and, of course, deception? I need to take a look at this in my own life, and I'm in no way, shape, or form wanting to be a downer on Christmas morning. But Christmas morning is the pinnacle of the year where there has to be the absence of bad tidings and the fullness of good tidings. So much so the, the shepherds working the third shift, they're watching their fields at night, were the first to invite, be invited to the, to the broadcast of there's good things going on here now. There's peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There's joyfulness and fullness. All this is happening right here. You might even be like the innkeeper. You might even be an entrepreneur. You're having a good day, a good quarter, a good year. Your inn is full. Your bank account's full. Your heart's full. But is it? The one thing he didn't have in the natural was room for Christ. I got good tidings for you. You think you're full now? You make a little bit of room for him and you're gonna blow up with fullness, blow up with blessing, blow up with gratitude. He is good news. He is great news. He is good tidings. He's what you and I need in a culture that seeks to steal from us the very joy he came to provide us. Let's look at a couple verses here, and then we'll, we'll close. Proverbs 15 and 30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. You know the average child laughs 150 times a day? <laughs> That's a lot. Say the researchers at the University of Michigan, but the average adult laughs only 15 times. 150 as a child, a day, an adult 15 times. I know some adults, it's not 15 times a week. Hello, 
I know that. And their face is not informed of the joy that's in their heart. I think we need to leak the two up. Proverbs 17 to 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. You know, over the last couple of years, there was this, oh my gosh, all this debate about vaccinations. Should you take the medicine? Should you not take the medicine? Everybody had different ideas. Some who defied the medicine got really sick. Others who who took the medicine did anyway, didn't, whatever. I'm not getting into that, but what I am saying is this. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart should not be controversial. A joyful heart should be how we're known. It should be the hallmark of our existence. It should be what people see when they see our countenance lifted up. People should see us as people filled with good tidings who immediately upon just laying eyes on them or being around them for just a short period of time ought to sense joy, joy in us. Great joy for all the people. There is a time to weep, Ecclesiastes 3 and 4. There is a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. I pray that you're ahead is a time for you to rejoice and to laugh more than 15 times a day, to be more childlike, to look at your approach to life being that of opening a present, of tearing into something, to find out what's really there, to enjoy something you did not do anything to deserve, to seek Christ out, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to is, is yes, seeing his face. But I want to hear his laugh. I, I want to hear him enjoy himself. If there's anything I've done that elicits a joy in him, I'd like to hear that. I'd like to, I'd like to hear him chuckle. I'd like to hear him recount things that he and I have done together. I'd like to see his joy. But for now, I want to be filled with it, as do you. And I want to see him as good news. And I don't want the bad news to crowd him out. I want to control that. I don't want to live in my head in the sand to deny the reality we live in. I want to know what's going on in the world. But I don't want to be unduly influenced by it. I certainly don't want to be divisive. I don't want to walk in discouragement or despondency or depression. Because there's a joy, a divine joy a fruit of the Spirit that is both for you and for me. And on this day, Christmas, shouldn't that be the most evident? And shouldn't what we experience today, in many ways, be a template for what we can experience each day next year? My prayer for you is joy and good tidings and peace, calm, good choices. Guard your heart, guard your mind. Careful what you take in. Be careful what you eat. If you eat bad news often enough, you become more like what you eat and your life starts to look like bad news. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice as Paul. Merry Christmas to you. Ponder 
the good tidings of the news of Jesus Christ. Guard your heart and mind and filter what comes your way and enjoy laughing more, embracing more, listening more, encouraging more, and enjoy the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. What a year that'll be ahead if just that comes to pass. Merry Christmas to you. I love you. Your church loves you. You're an asset to the kingdom of God. We need more people like you out in the world laughing and spreading joy and good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today for today's message. And I want to leave you with a benediction taken from Numbers chapter 6 that was spoken over the people of Israel so many thousands of years ago. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And from all of us at Community Bible Church, we wish you a very Merry Christmas.